Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the nine Saturday Breeders' Cup races at Keeneland on Saturday, November 5th, 2022. This is show number 199, November 3rd, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, are you ready to be part of the Breeders' Cup betting challenge? I definitely am. Um, I There's always extra work to do. It got some good insight from Paul Matisse in the podcast we just recorded. And I'm hoping that you and Duke, Paul's brother, can provide some additional insight that might help me in the contest this weekend. Sport of Kings Pod is brought to you by Horse Racing Nation and its first-timer Power Ratings Report, which ranks every debut runner in North America, provides an edge because the top-ranked horses outperform both their off-odds and their morning line. Get the first-timer Power Ratings Report at picks.horseracingnation.com. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special returning guest. He's a professional horse player and successful contest player. He's Duke Matisse. Duke, welcome back. Great to be here, Scott. Uh... Another Breeders' Cup. Going to be uh, going to be an interesting uh, couple days. I think the last time we had you on was last year's Breeders' Cup, but we had you on the for the Friday races. This year, we got you for all nine Saturday races. Yeah, uh, definitely a lot different. Not I don't have to do all this two-year-old work, so uh, <laughs> I do that. Actually, I do it anyway. So, what difference does that make? But um, for your fans, at least I, I get the I get the better horses. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I asked your brother Paul this question. I'll ask you, um, based on your handicapping, is there any theme that has come up for you uh, for this year's Breeders' Cup? Um, not really. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm a big track bias guy, and you never know what it's going to be like uh, that day. I, I assume the track will be pretty quick and and fast so i think the last time they had the breeders kept at keeneland speed did really well on the dirt um I'm, I'm i'm looking towards that that angle again but um those two-year-old races on friday are pretty interesting because uh, there's there's lots of uh crazy long shots i think that have chances so speed did well at the last keeneland breeders cup i was wondering that i meant to look it up from what I remember, Speed did really good uh, at uh, Keeneland uh, last time they had the Breeders' Cup there. 
good to know because there are a few races where we've got um, some pace scenarios. Let's uh, let's get right into it. Let's uh, let's go into the third race: Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf Seven Furlongs. I mean, Philly Mare Sprint Seven Furlongs on the dirt. First of a million dollars for Philly's mares, three-year-olds and up. Duke, what do you think on this race? Uh, really good, a really good race to watch. I think um, maybe not the greatest betting race, but really good race to um, be a fan of horses. I mean, you got CC and um, Frank's Raquette and Obligatory and Goodnight Olives. I mean, there's a lot of you know a lot of really good contenders. There's probably three speed horses in the race with Echo Zulu, Lady Rocket, and Slammed. Um, I don't really love any of those at my top one of the speeds would be slammed, but she drew the rail and she's going to have to go with probably as fast and as far as she can. I think she's going to get pressure. This is probably a race where I'm probably going to uh, not spread so much, but maybe chalk out a little bit with Goodnight Olive. Goodnight Olive has been super impressive in uh, her races this year. And we were running a very, very thick number last time that uh, might be a little bit. Uh, too much to beat. Um, Frank's Raquette is in the same boat, but seven furlong worries me with Frank's Raquette, and I don't think CC's up to uh, up to our best races. On our best, she might have a chance, but I, I don't think this year. So I'm leaning on Goodnight Olive, but that's not the greatest pick in the world, just because she's probably going to go off the favorite. Goodnight Olive, five for six with one second. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I want to echo what Duke said about the speed. I'd throw in a couple others like Hot Peppers, who's just a dead sin horse. It's not good enough to win, but certainly good enough to be up front battling for a while. And a couple others like you know, Lady Rocket. So I see this race as a potential um, setup race for a horse like um, Obligatory, who... When she gets a setup, she usually wins. She just doesn't get a setup very often. She's typically up against it because just the way, you know, races are and, you know, sprint races are in North America and the East, often they don't have much of a pace. And um, she's been kind of victimized by that. I thought her last, when she lost a good night, Olive was a lot better than it looked. She was kind of against the track, against the flow, was making her patented run late. And then some horse just kind of bolted and banged into her right when she was winding up and it threw her off stride really hurt her momentum and, and took her a while to get going again so she she really lost all chance by that um still ran pretty well i thought um and this is a race where i think she finally gets a setup um and you know she comes from out of it but man she comes rolling late um and uh i think this could be her her chance to shine um she's very consistent and she's a you know a horse that i think really deserves a you know a, a setup in a big race so this is where she'll get it there's a long shot i like too kind of the same mold but i'll hold off on that let scott weigh in right i actually like echo zulu she's undefeated at the distance she's better sprinting but she's you know the seven furlongs really hits her be between the the eyes she was always fast <clears throat> she was fast as a two-year-old and after taking some time off she won her last pretty easily while extending on the gallop out 
I like, you know, I, I was worried about the speed, but I like her being on the outside. She should be able to sit outside as long as she's three wide. If she's four wide, if, if, if four horses, you know, three horses get in there and she's four wide on the whole turn during a, a, a speed, uh, 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 <clears throat> duel, then I think that would be, uh, that would kill her chances. But if she can get like three wide out there and, um, and, and just, you know, sit that trip three wide, I think she can, she doesn't necessarily have to have the absolute lead. I think she can blow this field apart. So, uh, so that's my pick echo Zulu. And, um, I, I loved her workout like two weeks ago going five furlongs. It's her best, her best five furlong workout. Duke, anything else you want to add? Uh, not really. I do think uh, Echo Zulu is, is this is a, probably a really good distance for Echo Zulu, um, but I, I have to. Uh, she got such an easy lead last time. Uh, she's not going to get that, so she's going to have to sit. You know, she's got to stalk and pounce, which she could do, but maybe the price might not be right. I, I do. Uh, I definitely was using your uh, your horse obligatory behind uh, Goodbye. Uh, what's her name? Goodnight Olive. So good night. obligatory is good. Yeah. Good second, third type horse. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah. I really like obligatory to be underneath Echo Zulu. I see, I see her. You know, I like that's a pretty cold exacta for me. Yeah, I don't like Echo Zulu at all. So you and I are on a different page there. I I think she gets hung wide. I think she gets cooked. Um, she's not. She's going to be an underlay. I I just don't like anything about her. But mainly, it's because I think the race is going to set up for someone like. Obligatory and to a lesser degree, good night, Olive. A good night, Olive probably gets a perfect trip again, and this is probably one of the reasons why Duke likes her. Um, the other horse I think could get the the setup and really benefit from a hot pace is the Japanese horse, Chain of Love. This horse is a, another kind of a dead closer, but since they started her uh, running her on the dirt, she just runs one good race after another. She's been in big fields of quality horses in you know multi-million dollar races in the middle east and held her own didn't win but came flying late you know got up for second or third she she comes off a win um off of a layoff so it's sort of a second off layoff um i think she's going to run well the japanese horses have certainly done well all over the world in the last few years and um uh, you know, she gets the right setup and gets a trip. Who knows? She might even be able to win this, but certainly could clunk up for a piece at a big price. So if you're playing exotics, I would not leave the six horse chain of love off your tickets. Agree there. Let's move to the fourth race. It's the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, five and a half furlongs on the turf, purse of a million dollars for three rolls and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Well, Golden Pals won the beat. Um, Highland Princess, pretty impressive Euro. Um, probably deserves, uh, you know, some money as well. Uh, I'm gonna try to beat them both with, with a Wesley horse. Uh, I could go with either one, but uh, the one I'll pick for the pod is the Seven Horse Arrest Me Red because it'll be a better price. Um, he's starting to learn how to rate. Um, even in their latest workout, they had him break off like three lengths behind a horse. Uh, his last race, he washed out really bad before the race, which he doesn't normally do. 
So I'd watch for that. But assuming that doesn't happen, I think he's going to run a big race. And if um, Highland Princess can give Golden Pal a run on the front end, uh, Rest Me Red just might come rolling late at a big price and and pick up the pieces. Rest Me Red. The other, other Wesley. Duke, what are you thinking? How about the other, other Wesley? Campanelle, she's got a shot too. Um, this race, I mean, it goes through Golden Pal. If Golden Pal gets loose on the leads, Golden Pal's going to win. That being said, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Golden Pal has a tendency to break a little slow at times. And um, I know uh, he loves Keeneland. He's 4 for 4 at Keeneland. But if he breaks a hair slow in a field of 14, uh, there's just like he did uh, over an Ascot. When he ran Ascot, he broke slow and never got in the race. If he does that, then there's opportunity here. Um, Creative Force uh, ran a really, really good race, three back at Ascot. She, uh, he faced Highly Highfield Princess that day, and uh, and beat beat her. And since then, Highland Highfield Princess hasn't lost. And I've watched Highfield Princess run, and she and she's no uh, slouch herself. She's very, very fast, very fast and very good, um, especially at these short distances. So I don't usually pick these foreign horses uh, in the in the turf sprint, but I, I'm interested in Creative Force just because she caught a soft turf last time and wasn't as good as she or he's been. And um, I think the price is right. You get Buick, who's the best rider in the world. And uh, I just think from the rail, he can maybe really get a really good trip. So I'm going I'm to lean on Creative Force. I'm using Campanelle. I'm using Highfield Princess. I have to use Golden Powell, especially if he gets uh, loose on the lead. Creative Force part of the Appleby contingent. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, oh, your turn. I already waited. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's what happens when I have my racing form in front of me. Um, okay, well, I'm also on Arrest Me Red. Uh, I think that he's... Uh, yeah, he, he ran a really good race two races, th uh, three races ago. He's circling back to his best, and um, I think he's going to be a good price. I think he'll be forgotten in the wagering. I think he's uh, something like 15 to 1, 15 to 1 on the morning line. So all other things being equal, uh, that would be my pick in the race. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with everything I heard Duke say. Campanelle Lee is the – the other Wesley horse I'm real interested in, I think shortening up for her is going to help her quite a bit um, from that Kentucky Downs race. So, you know, she and Arrest Me Red, I like quite a bit. And I agree with everything you said about Highland Princess and Creative Force. In fact, Creative Force didn't only beat Highland Princess in that race at Ascot. She also beat Campanelli in that race. He also beat Campanelli. And, um, you know, it's Godolphin and Appleby, which has been kind of almost guaranteed to run a good race and drawing the rail I think is going to help him and and he was really good last year I mean uh he beat he was running you know with horses like Space Blues and Ken Ross who Space Blues won the mile last year Ken Ross is going to be one of the favorites you know so last year he was good this year he's showed he's good and like um Duke said you know he might just not like the going um, that much in that last race. So I don't know. I can't believe you'll get 10 to one on Appleby, Buick and Godolphin, but maybe <laughs> yeah. with Highland princess in here and, um, 
Bolin Powell, maybe. Um, so I, I think, I, so I pretty much agree with everything both both of you said. I think we're all on the same page on this race. All right, we'll uh, we'll move to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, purse of one million dollars for three-year-olds and up. Duke, your turn to get us started. Another, you know, Breeders' Cup very competitive race, uh, as you always would expect. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a horse in here that I'm just going to go off the fact that I think the cutback in distance and the way the three-year-olds have really come on in the, in the late part of this year, I just think Cyberknife is coming to a really big race. Uh, I'm hoping he gets enough pace to run at. That's my only concern. You got Laurel River. You got Gunite. Uh, pipeline's not really that fast right out of the gate, but there's not a ton, ton of speed. That worries me. Um, but I do think that Cyberknife is going to run a huge race. Maybe just come up a little short, but I'm hoping for a little bit better than nine to two, too. I thought he'd be more like six, eight to one. I mean, maybe not because it's Fox, but um, I'm a little against Cody's wish. Cody's wish is going to probably go off the favorite. I, he he did run well going two turns at Tampa, but that was against uh, maybe a lesser field. And his races all since have been one turn, and now he's got to go two turns at uh, Keeneland going a mile. So I'm a little against him at, at five to two, and uh, I'm afraid of Laurel River, especially the Baffert. I'm not sure what Baffert's going to do here this year at, uh, since being basically tossed out of Kentucky. Um, I assume he's going to be ready to roll with these horses coming in this year. And I figured Laurel River uh, off his last figure is huge, even though it was only going seven furlongs. He, um, he fits the Baffert kind of mold. So I'm, I'm nine and six Cyberknife and Laurel River. Okay. Cyberknife can't kind of can't help, but get played uh, as a, a pretty big winner as a three-year-old. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I kind of agree with what Duke said. Um, one of the things that Paul said at the start of our show is he thought one of the themes was the three-year-olds are doing pretty well this year. So that kind of goes along. I think you were hinting at the same thing with Cyberknife. The only negative for him, though, is at that distance, that post is kind of tough. So um, Giroux will have to work a trip. Maybe he can drop back. But it's just that short, it's a short run to the first turn from an outside post, and he's a closer on a race that has a short run to the stretch, so, you know, the finish line. So I think configuration-wise, everything's against him. So even though I think he might be the best horse, I'm not sure he's got um, things will work in his favor, but we'll see. Um, this race I have probably the least opinion on, but I'm, um, I'm kind of going to go with a price here. Uh, the four horse law professor, uh, he drew a good post. He's got, you know, positional speed where he's not going to be on the lead, but he's not going to be that far out of it. And if they are going fairly fast up front, might even trip out. And I thought his last race against life is good was pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, I thought he was going to win there for a second. And, um, there, it looks like now there is a chance by this race we might even have some moisture on the track, and so he, he's shown he can handle that off track. And he's run some good races. All his recent races have been good, um, except for a couple where he had excuses. So 
And I think he fits in here and he'll get completely ignored. So in a race, I don't think has any real definitive, you know, standout. Uh, I think this is the kind where you could get a crazy uh, winner like law professor. And then, and after the race, if he wins, everyone will say, well, how could I not have him? Look at that. He just ran second to life is good, you know, kind of thing. So that's, I, I don't have a big opinion, but that's where I'm leaning the four law professor. Yeah, just uh, note that he is, and this is Sport of Kings, it's a small sample. It's uh, 109 selections, and they have um, law professors 10 to 1. So it'll, it'll be at least 10 to 1, and um, uh, he scares me for sure. I, I'm with Duke. I landed on Cyberknife. <clears throat> uh, I thought his last race was pretty good. He was bumped at the start. He was never quite comfortable in the running of the Pennsylvania Derby. He finished respectably. He's circling back to his best race, which was in the Haskell. And I thought he should be a solid price. I guess the field's a little light, so maybe he's not going to be that great of a price. Um, but I, I thought Cyberknife and Cody's Wish were like sort of the exact box here because Cody's wish uh, is fast. And um, I think he should be able to handle the two turns. Um, it's, it's those two for me. I Maybe if, if there's any value, maybe it's going against Gunite, who just ran a pretty monster race two weeks ago and now stretches out back to two turns. Uh, he may have the capability to go two turns, but I think uh, he'll be up against it today. Anything you want to add, Duke? No, not really. Um, I, I, that race, this race does uh, lack a lot of pace. The more I look at it, I mean, that's the one thing that could be against Cyberknife. So, I mean, I still like him. I just worried about worried about pace. And and if there's no pace, and Moral River gets loose on the lead, uh, that's going to be trouble for the rest of the field. Uh, I assumed Gunite would go off the sprints, but maybe he won't because uh, they might just want to stalk. But Moral River might be the might be the more um, the, the better horse for the pace and the, and the style of this race than than Cybernet. I, I don't think Cybernet is going to be that short, but maybe maybe he will because he, he has a little bit of a name and he's you know he's been in the three year old you know races. But I, I don't I didn't see him being nine to two, but maybe he will be. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell how they're going to bet this race. Be honest, it, it could be a whole. It could be four or five horses all like. Seven to two, five to through five to one kind of range. We'll see. I I don't like gunite at all. I I don't like sprinters stretching out to two turns in general, especially in this race. And coming off a big win on short rest, uh, not for me at all. Also, if he's the favorite or seven to two, I to me that's great because I, I don't like that horse at all. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're all rooting against Gunite. The sixth race is the Philly and Mare Turf. It's a mile and three sixteenths on the turf. Purse of two million for three year olds and up Phillies mares. Chris, where'd you land here? Well, I um, I haven't really changed my mind from our preview. I I like the nine Rozier, the Chad Brown horse, the other Chad. Um, this horse has had really good. European form last year had some trouble in the Breeders' Cup. And they had an excuse. Joined the Chad Brown Barn, came out roaring. 
went off form a little bit, but I thought the last race was really good at Woodbine, had major trouble, overcame it, and still ran a big race. And I think she's sitting on a really good race. And I think she's just the best horse in here, uh, other than maybe her stable mate. I, I know there's a lot of Euros that'll take money, and they all could win, but none of them, I think, are standouts. And you know, her form as a three-year-old, I think, was as good as any of the three-year-olds this year. And now she's a year older, so should be a, a year better. Um, so I think she has the edge, and she'll be a much bigger price. So, you know, not often Flavian Pratt, Chad Brown, um, you can get double-digit odds. But if the morning line holds up, that's what will happen with the nine Rogier. So that's who I like in here. Rougier, Rougier coming off a win. Duke, what do you got? Well, this race, uh, I mean, more like Goddess would have been one to five in here. Um, couldn't possibly lose against these horses because I don't think the Euros are their top notch, uh, you know, horses, but they seem to usually do, they seem to win this race almost every year, um, the Philly Mare uh, turf race. But, um, that being said, I watched Nashua and Tuesday run over at uh, Longchamp, and Tuesday ran better than the form suggests. Uh, Tuesday we kind of got hung out early in the race and had to move. Like those guys don't like to move early in Europe, and uh, the horse had to had to move because he was going to get hung like six, seven wide if he didn't. So he moved early, and I think it took Tuesday a little bit out of her game. Um, so. I think odds wise, Najwa five to two, Tuesday eight to one. I think they should be much closer together. Out of the American horses, I just don't know who to pick. Um, I know uh, Chris liked Rougier, but I'm afraid, I'm just afraid that the Lasix is what made that horse run better last time. She'd been off Lasix all her races and back on Lasix at Woodbine um, and came back to form. I'm afraid being off Lasix, that's, uh, that's going to be trouble for her. In Italian was, just a total gift last time they gave her the lead it was like almost like uh you know public workout for an italian so i i think it's going to be a different race for her too, being 11 post i just don't know where to go besides tuesday just tuesday's the horse i think that is going to be maybe the better value than all the rest and uh, i just don't i don't like any of the american horses really well i'm going to keep it simple and short uh i really impressed with in Italian. She's improved every single race and um, until she loses, I'm going to keep betting her. So um, with in Italian who should have the lead, Virginia joy is some speed to her inside, but she's, she's only speed when there's no other speed. So I think in Italian smokes them. So uh, first of all, of the, of the euros, I agree with you. Um, Duke, I think Tuesday is the one we might want to play. And, um, you know, from a values perspective, so the Euros, uh, that's where I would go. Um, I also am an in Italian fan. Um, I do think, though, O'Brien, he likes to play team tactics in these races. And, um, you know, Toy kind of is an interesting entrant in here she's a got some speed i'm thinking they might have her in to just be a pace setter for tuesday 
And if that's true, that might make it a little more difficult for an Italian on the front end. So that's something to look at maybe that the seven horse toy might get sent. And, um, uh, you know, that that could have a big impact on the way the race is run. So that's about all I'll, I'll add. In Italian, I mean, if you if you look at an Italian's races, she's never really had the work to get the lead. They've always given her the lead. The only race she didn't get the lead, she lost. And I just get a feeling if somebody just goes a little bit, and an Italian's got to be used early, and an Italian's not going to be any price of year, that's for sure. Chad Brown, Rosario, off all those wins, and it's not going to be any price. I think she'll be more like five to two, and uh, I just think it's a good bet against. Yeah, that's why I like the other brown. It's interesting you brought up the LASIK thing. Marcus Hirsch in our preview show brought it up. But, I mean, she ran well without LASIK in her, her, her first race at the on the U.S., and she ran off LASIK all last year and ran great races. So maybe that has something to do with it, but maybe it was just that she's coming back into form. So, But we'll see. I mean, that is a little bit of a concern, but... Um, you know, at the likely price, I'm I'm probably still inclined to give her a pass on that. Yeah, she runs well fresh, it seems, you know, Rougier, right? She runs the two times she's run her best races, it was the first time off layoffs. So maybe it's maybe it's that more than anything. Maybe it freshens her up, maybe. Yeah, could be. Although she she was reeling them off as a in Europe. It was on a different barn though, you know. Uh, but, you know, she put strung together a, a lot of good races in a row last year, at, you know, top class races. So we'll see. She to me, you know, she's the four year old. That, that's always been classy, that's in good form. That's going to be a price. And, you know, she's got a good rider and a good trainer. I mean, I, to me, it's just like if you get double digit odds, how can you pass? Maybe the LASIK yeah. thing is yeah, not question. Yeah, Pratt at all the long. <laughs> it's hard to knock that. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's won't, it won't happen maybe either, but you look at all these Euros and you look at in Italian and, you know, maybe in this big field, you could get 10 or 12 to 1. We'll see. <laughs> 7 to 1 on Sport of Kings, just for the record. The next race is the seventh. It's the sprint, six furlongs on the dirt, purse of two million for three-year-olds and up. Duke, why don't you get us started? Yeah, this race came up a little weaker than I thought. I think there maybe there was a couple of defections and a couple of horses that ran different races. Um, I mean, obviously Jackie's Warrior, everybody's ducking. Uh, just seems to be seems to be the you know the horse he's never really got it done on the big day but maybe this year will be the day for him he's i mean he's so talented he's, he's, he runs almost every time you know it's, he does he has struggled in the breeders cup right that's the only thing i can say he struggled at at del mar um, last year and and the breeders cup juvenile didn't do too well but i just don't think there's much in here to beat him that's the problem i think if i if i had to i'd go with aloha west for a price, Loa West seems to be a really consistent sort. It's run at Keeneland a couple times, run well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't love him, but I just think out of out of all these horses, um, he'd be the one that I would uh, take at a price. Um, not a really good betting race for me, though. Aloha West, former winner of the Breeders' Cup Sprint, 
Chris, what are you thinking? Well, you know, it, it does seem like Jackie's warrior has tailed off at the end of his campaigns. You know, maybe he's had excuses, but um, he has had poor Breeders' Cups at the end of the year after really, really good campaigns. And, um, you know, you can maybe say he tailed off a little bit in his last where he should, probably should have won some. You know, maybe he is vulnerable. I think Jack Christopher scratching really improved his chances of winning. Um you know, I liked Kamari in our preview show. I still think she's the big threat. Uh, she's a really nice filly. Uh, on her, when she gets to the races and runs on dirt sprinting, she just pretty much wins every time. Um, I just don't know if she can catch Jackie's Warrior if he gets an easy lead. I'm kind of hoping maybe um, Super Ocho can put some pressure on him early. Uh, I think Super Ocho is better than people think. I don't think he's going to win, but he's better than his last race for sure. He had a brutal trip, brutal ride, and he's got more speed than he showed in those last two. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he goes and maybe he can put some pressure on Jackie's Warrior. And if he does and he, and he can sustain it for a while, maybe Kamari has a shot. Um, you know, she's certainly good, good enough. And, but uh, I'm not, this is not a race I'm real excited about, Benny. Yeah, it's tough that this is the first race of the pick five, the late pick five. Um, I, you know, with the absence of Jack Christopher, now I'm just looking at Jackie's Warrior and saying, like, how do they possibly stop this horse? You know, he's, he's run huge figures. Um, he... It's not that much of a surprise that he lost his last one. <clears throat> the horse is pretty fast, Cody's wish, and he was coming off some big races, but now he's been freshened. He's got a, a real nice workout two weeks ago. Uh, as of this moment, I can't beat Jackie's Warrior, and um, you know, I'll probably just use him in the pick five, and that's it. Yeah, I can't blame you. I mean, he just lays over on on figures and cut back in distance probably not a lot of pace in this race but just the jack christopher losing him uh definitely uh helped his chances i, I just don't think it's a great betting yeah with, with jack christopher in there i thought he, first of all he'd take a lot of money and he and jackie's warrior would throw it down and kamari may get a setup and she might be you know five to one or something now she'll probably be you know three to one second choice and she has to chase down a, a loose Jackie's warrior, which just seems like a big ask. But if anyone, if any horse could do it, the, the Mike clunk up kind of underneath horse would be the four American theorem. Who's now they finally started sprinting him and strictly sprinting him. He's turned out to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, he ran really good two races back. And, and if uh, Laurel river, runs a big race kind of back to what Paul was saying earlier, kind of pay attention to some of these horses coming out of similar races. Um, you know, if Laurel, that race turned out to be pretty strong that Laurel river won. A lot of those horses are coming back and winning. And I think Baffert can have them cranked up. So it'll be interesting to see how Laurel river runs. And if, if Laurel river kind of runs off the page, you might want to give American theorem a, a second look, maybe not to beat, Jackie's warrior, but to run second underneath at a price. 
Okay, well, let's move to uh, uh, what will be will definitely be a good betting race, and that is the Breeders' Cup Mile, a mile on the turf, purse of $2 million for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, this is the race where uh, my opinion really changed dramatically from pre-draw, post-draw. On our preview show, I was really high on, on domestic spending. I thought he was the best horse and he would fire a big race and then he drew post 14 which you know is um i know if chad brown would probably want to draw the rail just knowing chad brown uh he probably like his turn got probably turned uh on him when he saw that draw so you know now i i'm i'm not going to throw out domestic spending but i'm i'm not nearly as high but a horse I love, and people who listen to the pod regularly will know this, but I, I've always hated the rider, and it's it, it's been this, you know, I've been always torn on the horses. This six-horse Ivar, I think, you know, arguably he's been the best mile, U.S. miler on a turf for several years now, and he's just been a tough luck horse, especially in the Breeders' Cup. Last year he drew way outside, and the year before he drew way outside, and with a jockey like Joe Talamo, there's just no way he's ever going to work a trip. And he finally got a decent post in the Breeders' Cup, and he finally got rid. They finally ejected Joe Talamo. I don't know why it took him so long, but they finally – it's not the greatest rider, but Javier Castellano used to be a really good rider. Kind of, Kind of hadn't been so good lately, but this year he's been riding much better than he had in recent years. And I just think, you know, him in the, on this horse in this race is just a huge upgrade from Joe Talamo. And the horse has a good post. And he always runs well in the fall. He's always run well at Keeneland. And, you know, he's going to get completely overlooked in here. Uh, I just love him now in this race at a big price. So I've lost some money betting Ivar in his last two. Uh, he got kind of trounced by modern games who freaked and he did Ivar did not get a good trip partly because modern games, you know, was helped bounce him around a little bit and he got out of the gate slow. Like Talamo usually does with him. And the last race, he didn't have a great trip and he got beat by Annapolis who completely tripped out. And I, I think there's a chance he can turn the tables on both of them at a big, big price. So, uh, you know, Ivar, I'm pretty excited about in here. Okay, Duke, what do you got in this race? Well, I was what I was going to spend my time talking about Ivar, but he but Chris said about everything I was probably going to say, so I'm not going to I'm not going to go there because I, I agree with everything he said about Ivar, almost everything. I have I have like a, a highlighter on my uh, screen here that I can highlight the screen, and I highlighted Talamo, 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 Leperu, because he's never had a really good rider. The Talamo all the time in Leperu early in his career. So, and he picks up Castellano, which is definitely an improvement. The horse is definitely better than this form um, suggests. That being said, he's modern games beat him pretty well uh, at Woodbine. Um, and modern games was, if you remember, was the horse that uh, got scratched uh, or was the, was the weird scratch purse money only that jogged uh, at Del Mar last year for the Breeders' Cup. Um, those two horses are going to be very, very tough to beat. Uh, the one euro that I'm against that I think will help people is Dream Loper. 
if you watch Dream Loafer's race, um, he got an absolute perfect trip and there was a spill behind him. So it looks like he ran this incredible race last time, which it was not. Um, the, it was basically two horses that finished. So um, if the horse you want to bet against and it's going to take some money is Dream Loper. I think uh, I think the fans will appreciate that that horse will will not hit the board in this race. Um, the horse, the, the the Euro that was really interesting was Kinross, but I'm not sure why he's in this race. I thought he would go in the sprint. Kinross has been super, super impressive going six and seven furlongs over there. And I'm not sure why they didn't go in the sprint, but um, now he draws a really, really tough post like domestic spending has also draws 13. And I just don't see it happening even with Frankie to Tory. Um, so I'm, I'm a, a four, six guy on modern games, Ibar. And uh, I think Chris was uh, right on with what he was talking about with Ibar. All right. Well, uh, here's, yeah, I have, I, I'm in, I've got a conundrum here because the horse I like on the numbers and the way he's going to run, I think he's most likely to win, but he always finishes second and that is smooth like straight. Um, he, everything looks good about him except that he just keeps on getting second. I mean, his last race was a monster race and he was beaten by Santine who ran also a monster race at Churchill at a mile and an eighth. The numbers say that he's going to run faster than these. If he's got the inside, I think he's, 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 he's going to wire this field, but, uh, the, uh, there is a horse, the seven to his outside that also likes to run on the lead. So, so, you know, maybe he sits right off and, um, but I just, I have a hard time not choosing smooth like straight in a race where he's 10 to one morning line. And, um, I, maybe he'll go off higher. I don't know. I'm interested in your guys' take on smooth like straight, especially yours, Duke, since you're a California guy. Uh, smooth like straight. Oh, first, I think he's definitely a contender. Just, uh, I mean, he got beat by Annapolis pretty fair and square last time. I don't, I don't see how you could take him over Annapolis, but um, I don't know. He's got a chance. I just, uh, there's so many of them. If you're going to include him, you could include Regal Glory, who's uh, you know a, a mare, but she uh, she's had terrible setups in her last couple races, and the fact that Chad puts puts her in this race. Thinks, uh, makes me think that she's going to run a big one. Um, might not be good enough, but I think gonna run, she's going to run a big, big, big race. Yeah, I mean, Smooth Like Straight just doesn't win. I mean, he's all, he's going to run a good race, but if there, I, I you just know when they turn for home and there's a horse coming up on him, he's not going to hold him off. He never does. He's really good horse. He just doesn't quite have the ability to finish. So, you know, I think using him in like verticals makes sense, but playing him on top and also, you know, he does have the speed beyond brilliant who will have, will be a speed factor, but also you, you can't really tell just on the PPs, but Pogo is a speed uh, horse and he drew the rail and you know, they're just going to send him. So, um, you know, he's going to have speed on his inside and speed on his outside. Now, maybe Pogo gets left at the gate. Sometimes the Euros don't break. But, you know, Pogo, he when I looked at his last race, he popped the gate. So he seems like a good gate horse. He's got speed. 
he's a pretty solid horse. You know, to me, he's kind of like smooth, like straight. He always runs pretty well. He doesn't win that many. So, um, you know, he is coming off a win going shorter. And, uh, you know, he's another one. He's kind of a tweener, sort of like Ross. Although, to me, Ken Ross, I agree with Duke. He's even more meant for the sprint. But the Euros seem to think, you know, there's seven furlong horses. Certainly can get a mile here. And they did last year. But I don't. I think in general, you know, I'd rather have a Euro miler just because they've been going around turns, usually at least going around one turn when they go a mile. Not always, but sometimes. Where, the you know, the sprinters almost always are just running the straights. Um, and so the U.S. racing is so different. But, you know, watch out for Pogo on the front end um he's he'll he'll be pushing the pace i think he's going to be hopping <laughs> and i agree with duke you know modern games is the one to beat i mean it's appleby buick godolphin you know everything he's the one to beat and you know i if he runs back to his woodbine race he'll win but you know that was a big effort and you know he did run him again in between so, you know, maybe if it if it was any other trainer and owner, I would be more optimistic. But, you know, just maybe he doesn't run huge. And if he doesn't, I think Ivar is, is the one. And even if he loses to Modern Games, he still could get a good exact with him underneath Modern Games. Yeah, this race just it has complete chaos uh, written all over it for me. I mean, uh, I think just about any horse <clears throat> could be there at the finish. So... It's a it's a tough race. The ninth race should be a little bit easier. It's the distaff a mile and an eighth purse of two million for Phillies mares three year olds and up. Duke, what you got? Um, really really competitive race. Um, good Phillies mare. You got Malafat, Clarier, Nas search results. The one I'm against is Society. Um, Society. Uh, was on a speed favoring track at parks last time and got a very, very easy lead. Uh, I don't see uh, him, him re her repeating that race against uh, the best Phillies in the, in the country. Um, I think Ness is a, is a super good horse, but, but Ness has been running against three-year-olds only. And I'm not sure. I, I know she ran against three-year-olds enough last time, but it was kind of like a, kind of like a cakewalk. She was uh, one to 20. I don't think that proved too much. And I, I can't take anything away from that. She's, she's done nothing wrong. But in this case, she's going to be the favorite, and she's going to run into horses like Malathot and even Clarier, who I think uh, might come back to uh, one of her better races. Clarier didn't run very well at all last time. Actually, didn't pick up her feet, but she was down on the rail um, at Saratoga, which I thought was not the place to be. And Steve asked me some freshens are up, and and. Uh, the fact that he's running her in this race off the off a last uh, makes me think she's going to come back and run a really good bang up race. Um, so leaning on Clarier, but a very good race to watch. Not a great betting race. Malathot's got to be used. Search results got to be used. I'm, I'm against society, and you got to use Ness, but Ness is going to be over bet. Okay, Clarier, I think she probably gets a good amount of support because she was so good before that one bad race where she had an excuse. Chris, where'd you land? You lose you guys? 
<laughs> well, uh, I I was waiting for Chris to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was on mute. I thought I had, I pushed the mute thing, but I must have missed the button. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with Duke on everything. Uh, Clary Air actually had another excuse for that last race. Uh, she kind of rushed into the gate and, and bashed her, her face on the gate before it started a couple times and supposedly cut her mouth or her tongue, and it was bleeding really bad and probably really bothered her. That's why she really didn't pick up her feet. So I think you can toss that race. So that's just another – even – and you know that's just another reason why you could expect her to to run back to her better races in here. So the only thing I would say is I'm a little more positive on Nest. I think she's been pretty darn good. I think she's the best horse, the one to beat. No value, but I think she's significantly better than Malathot, who I think is the one you want to fade in here. I think she's the one that's kind of overrated, and I wouldn't totally dismiss search results she could you know track society and put her away i think this is a little farther than she wants to go but if it does rain and the track is wet or sloppy i think that would move her up and make her a little more dangerous if it's a fast track it's probably a little too far for her but she might get a really good trip sitting off society in here Okay, I'm uh, uh, pod listeners will know that I'm I'm a member of the Mal Malathot fan club, and um, I think she's going to win here. Uh, you know, I she's she's not great value. She's coming off a five length win, but I just love her. She's always been fast. I think she has upside. Uh, she's she's run fast every race this year. She hasn't had like a sensational blowout performance. I think that Pletcher is he's he's gotten the Breeders' Cup down uh, pretty well, and that she is likely to fire her best shot ever. Um, I think she's going to be, you know, if, if she's three to one, which seems kind of feasible with Nest in there, and and Claire Air is a four to one morning line. Uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she goes off that low. Um, I think Malathot is, uh, is, is a good, is, is a good value three to one. I, I'm, I'm going to play her now in multi-race bets. I will absolutely use Clarier too, because I've always maintained that Malathot and Clarier are, they're the same horse, but you know, if the morning line is true, they're not going to be that much of a difference. So, uh, so I will still lean with for my win pick Malathot. Anything to add, Duke? Not really. I think all those are, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Malathot. I mean, I, I, she's three for three at Keeneland. She, she's, I mean, super nice horse. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Clarier. There's nothing wrong with Ness. It's a good race to watch. I'm not sure it's a great race to bet. Yeah, I'll second that. Although I, I don't think Clarier is going to be four to one. I think she's, I think Nest and Malathot are going to get pounded. Um, yeah, I agree. I would be I would be surprised if Clarier is not at least twice the price of Malathot. Um, I could be wrong. I just can't <laughs> believe they're going to bet her after after she ran last of Malathot's three for three at Keeneland, just one by five lengths, and, and they always bet her. I, I just would be shocked if 
Clarier is, you know, vying for favoritism. I don't, I don't see that. But so, you know, if she were to float up, I think she might be playable. But other than that, I'm not very interested. Yeah, I mean, on Sport of Kings, Clarier is seven to one right now. There's only 117 picks, so it's hard to, uh, you know, take anything from that. But you know, maybe she's definitely going to be a better price than Malathot. Let's move to the Breeders' Cup turf, which uh, looks like it could be a value store. And it's a mile and a half on the turf, purse of $4 million for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Well, if it wasn't Godolphin and Appleby, you know, I would be more inclined. I, I To me, Nation's Pride is the favorite. Um, I just want to bet against his horse. <laughs> I just naturally want to bet against his horse because he hasn't been that fast. But, um, you know, given the connections, I got to respect them. Uh, but for me, you know, there's two horses that I'm interested in. Uh, I'm going to, I'll, for the pod, I'll pick the one that will get more likely to get overlooked, and that's the Euro Mishrif, the 11. To me, he's just of the Euros. He's the class horse. You know, he's genuine grade one horse. He hasn't won this year, but it's pretty clear he prefers firmer going. And he's won around a left-handed turn at Dubai on a firm course. He is races this year on firm going are better than they look. He was the best in his race where he got beat by Vadini at the start of the year. He ran second, but had lots of trouble. It, his second to Baid wasn't that bad. Baid was just really, really good on the day and pretty much really good on the year. Uh, so I don't think his form is that bad. I, the last couple on soft going, I'm just not going to put much stock in. So uh, I wish he had drawn a little better, but he gets to Tory. I just think he's the best Euro and he might get overlooked. So I'm going to go with him. There's also a U.S. horse I like, but I'll hold off on that one. Okay, Mishrif, um, what's the name of that uh, Dubai race that he won, the, the $5 million race? Uh, is it the Shima Classic or Shima, something? Shima Classic. Winner, Mishrif, winner of the Shima Classic. Duke, what do you got? I'm going to go long shot uh, in here. I'm going to go with Red Knight. Red Knight um, seems to be, you know, a horse that's just sitting on a big race. Um, last time he got a horrendous ride. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure who that guy is that corrals, but anyway, they switched to Louis Saez. Louis Saez rode this horse in the past uh, at Kentucky Downs a couple years back, and the horse ran super good for Louis. 20 to one's ridiculous price. I think the horse has gone forward since he's gone to the maker barn. Um, I'm just hoping that he can uh, make one big run, work out a trip. Um, just the price is going to be right. And uh, I'm not big on necessarily these euros. These euros that have, that I've watched rebels romance has beat nothing in, uh, in Ireland and um, nation's pride had perfect trips against three-year-olds, and I think this is a little bit different. 
Mr. If I'm a little scared, I'm not sure what the blinkers on move is. He had no, no chance last time in the um, long shot race. He took back the last in that, on that bog is a horrible, horrible turf course they were running on that day. It was pouring rain, and uh, I throw that out. So Mishrip definitely has a chance at a price. Uh, I think he'll get a little overlooked. I don't think the post will hurt him as he takes back anyway. So I'm 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 gonna go really long here with Red Knight number ten. <clears throat> well, Chris was laughing because he knows. That Red... <laughs> yes, I, I laughed when he said that. <laughs> red knight is my play of the weekend i love oh red knight. I, i've been i've been telling non-horse players uh if you bet any horse bet on red knight uh i've always liked him but you know he came back this year and like you said duke he's 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 moved forward you know, he won his first two races at a mile and a half the first one he had some trouble and he won pretty easily and then he won at kentucky downs and um, he only won by a nose, but it was, yeah, it, w- it was a convincing nose, as as I recall. And then his last race, he absolutely, it was just a miserable trip. He checked hard into the second turn. He was last behind a very slow pace, and then he made a big run after that, and he 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 was eighth. And I saw somebody's comment. I think it was the closer look in DRF. They said uh, it was somebody at DRF said, "Like, how do you like a horse that just finished eighth? And you you like it because it finished eighth by only a length and a half, and um, made a a nice big closing move to do it. Um, you know, uh, the 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 Kentucky Downs race was a little bit better than he's ever run. He's working well." Um, uh, the only thing that could beat this horse is the post. If he gets a little bit of a wide trip, he might come up just short. Otherwise, I really love him. And um, I, I, I do have another long shot that I that I think um, could beat him, and that would be Broom. And I'll be doing a, a, a sizable exacta box with the two of them because Broom also had trouble in his last U.S. race. Yeah, I am. Uh, I was a little bit, a little skeptical on Red Knight in our preview show, um, just because I wasn't sure, you know, that because he had that bad trip, and with that rider, I just didn't see him getting a good trip in the Breeders' Cup. But when the draw came out and Saez is up, then I got a lot more interested in him because if you look at, like Tuke said, there was a time in the past when Saez used to ride this horse. And he would put the horse in the race. You know, he wouldn't let it get way out of it. So I really like that switch of riders where, you know, this horse I think is better if he's, you know, in the race uh, a little earlier on, you know, not dropping way back. So I, I'm kind of with you guys. I think that horse is a really live long shot. And this is a race where the Euros don't overwhelm. Um, other than Mishriff, who, you know, some question marks on, uh, on him. Uh, but, you know, this is one where it could be a long shot. I do think Warlike Goddess is the one to beat in here. Uh, she's just been pace compromised immensely in all her starts until her most recent one. And you can see when she actually had a pace, she, you know, kind of crushed the field. Um, so I think she's much the one to beat. 
and um, you know she drew well. So uh, you know I I would not I would not discount her chances. I don't know what kind of price she'll be. It seems like nine to two is high, but with the Godolphin horses in here, maybe I don't maybe that she is nine to two, but I doubt it. But I think that's the one I would use. So for me, it would be Mishriff and Red Knight with Warlike Goddess. Yeah, Warlike Goddess, you have to mention. I mean, Warlike Goddess has been uh, nothing but uh, tremendous in all of her races. The one thing I worry about with Warlike Goddess is if you, wa- if you watch the three races where Joel Rosario has ridden Warlike Goddess, he has not gotten along with her whatsoever. He fights her, he, he gets her in bad positions, and he, now that he drew inside, I think he might be even in a bigger, uh, bigger problem for him because if he can't get her to relax, just, I mean, Jose Lascano got along with her way better uh, last time than, than Rosario did. So I don't know, maybe they fix something in the morning. But the, the times that Rosario has ridden uh, were like, guys, it worries me that he's going to get her in trouble. Um, and nobody mentioned Broom, or maybe somebody mentioned Broom. Broom uh, was also ran on that uh, that day at uh, Longchamp, and he was involved in the pace. I think for uh, a price euro, Broom is, is the right price euro. I don't like Rebels Romance or uh, Nation's Pride. I shouldn't call it Euro because he's been over here for a while. But um, I'm a little bit against those, and uh, I'm still picking Red Knight, but definitely using Broom, and uh, that's about it for me. Okay. Um, well, here we go. It's the classic mile and a quarter, purse of $6 million for three-year-olds and up on the dirt duke are you pro or anti flight line well if flight line runs his last race you win but that's a big if i think um we've seen horses run at del mar and do this before um horses that freak at del mar and don't uh necessarily back that up the next time they run especially uh, John Sadler. John Sadler's had a very difficult time uh, shipping out of town. Now, now this horse has been a little bit different because he did ship to Belmont and and he won by uh, you know he won about his probably one of the best races I've, I've probably seen in 20 years. Um, the the race he ran in that mile. In that last race, he didn't beat anything, but the way he did it, he was just uh, moving like uh, as Trevor says, a tremendous machine. Um, that being said, he's going to be two to five. So we're, we're betting here. So we're not, uh, we're not, we're not necessarily just fans. Life is good. Can't get a mile and a quarter. Um, he's proven that pretty much and he's going to be on the lead. So what does Taiba do? Taiba's going to sit according to Baffert, which I'm not sure that's the greatest move in the world from the rail. He may get in trouble. So where do you go? I think you go to epicenter. Epicenter is the improving three-year-old. He's uh, just been absolutely tremendous in his last two races. And uh, again, I think it's the Steve Ashby's and uh, thing with like the gun runner. These horses get good. They they seem to get better and better and better. So I think for the price and the way this race is going to be run, because flight line is going to have to go after life is good. And Hot Rod Charlie's not even a slow horse, so he's gonna he's gonna be out there too. So I, I'm going to pick Epicenter. But, I mean, if flight line runs to what he can or what he has, it, it might be uh, it might be trouble for Epicenter because he's, 
he's much slower on on speed figures. But I'm hoping for a big improve. Maybe he can improve three or four lengths, which he's done in his last two races, and and that's going to be my top pick. Okay, Epicenter um, finally won't be the favorite. Chris, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, he's 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 lost a lot as a favorite, and he's won some races. I I, I see it real similar to to Duke. It's just I'm I think Taba is the one, not Epicenter, to pull the upset. Couple things on Flightline, a couple things on Taba. On Flightline, um, one of sort of what Duke said is he's. I was talking to Paul um, uh, after we chatted about the Friday races, and I was saying, you know, at Flightline, one thing about his races is that they've all been over after four or five furlongs. I mean, basically, he's been able to gallop home, you know, after kind of destroying the competition within the first half mile, five furlongs of the race. Even in the Pacific Classic, it was kind of over after six furlongs. So he's never really had to run at all at the you know the end of a race and um with life is good in the race he's not a mile and a quarter horse i agree with duke but he's a really fast horse and he's gone really fast as far as a mile and three sixteenths into the pegasus so this will be the first time that flight line will actually have not put the field away you know after four or five six furlongs and he's not going to put life is good away I don't think until, you know, at least a mile or, or more. And he's going to have to work harder to do that. So uh, I talked about this in our preview pod and the optics EQ plot for this race. For the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to go into detail, but it's it plots horses on a chart. And if they're circles, that means that they, they slow down at the end of the race. If they're squares, it means they finish stronger. And if you're in quadrant one, you're a speed horse. If you're in quadrant four, you're a, a closer. And so obviously the best horses are the ones that are big squares in quadrant one. That's kind of what I expected to see flight line look like on the plot for this race. But instead of being a big fat square in quadrant one, he's a big fat circle in quadrant one. And that tells me that he's been slowing down late in his races. Maybe it's because he's eased. You know, some of that might be because he's won so easily. But it still gives you pause. And Taba is a great big fat square right in the middle of the plot, which is really good place to be because that means you're ready to gobble up the circles that start fading um, on the front end. So, you know, that gave me more confidence in Taba. And the other thing is, I talked about in the preview uh, in the last eight breeders cups, three-year-olds have won four of those eight. And, you know, Paul and Duke both have mentioned how the three-year-olds seem to be having the better of their elders this year. And all four of those three-year-olds were trained by Bob Baffert and all, but American Pharaoh kind of got late starts to their career you know, horses like Arrogate and Byron and, um, uh, I can never remember all these horses, but, uh, oh, um, I'm leaving out. Oh, authentic. So, um, you know, to me, and plus Baffert, I think is going to be, his horses all have been kind of freshened up and pointed to the, this race. We'll know by now, you know, we'll see what his other horses do, but I'm guessing they're going to run some big races. So, you know, I think Tabe is sitting on a really big effort. Um, He's probably going to be 
fourth choice behind Flightline, Life is Good, and Epicenter. And I think he's the one most likely to pull the upset. So that's the way I'll lean. Um, but, uh, and I might back it up underneath Flightline if I had exact as paying, you know, as, a, as the fourth choice, maybe that exact to pay is halfway decent. So I could maybe save. That's not the way I typically bet, but I, I might do that in here, like in the Breeders' Cup betting challenge if I have, if I'm in contention going to the last race. But Taba is going to be, you know, the lean for me in here. All right. This is, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a great race to watch. Flightline looks amazing and his workout, you know, the other day was, he looked incredible. So it's hard for me to go against him. However, he did run, you know, like the fastest sheet fig that I've seen uh, tied for the fastest I've ever seen. He's got a short rest coming into this for him. It's only like two months. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go against him, but, and, but I'm not going to do it with life is good. Whose best figures are sprinting. I'm going to do it with hot rod, Charlie. Um, you know, I think he is sitting on a big race. He's always been fast. He's, you know, three races ago, he ran a little faster than he's ever run. And then he he's run two good races since then. And, and it still hasn't broken through to that, that, that race three races ago, which was only at a mile. So, uh, you know, there is that caveat when he's working well, he seems to be um, happy and arguably his best race ever when he was 97 to one, he finished second to essential quality at this track. Um, by all accounts, he's, he's doing well in the mornings. Uh, he's got figures that are fast. He, he, he has to run better than he's ever run before, but I think he might just do that and he'll be, he's 15 to one morning line. So He's my play in this race, uh, but uh, but I'll I'll have a backup exacta with Flightline on top just in case. Yeah, Charlie's gritty, the gritty horse. I always have been a fan. Anything else on that race, Duke? Um, no, not really. I mean, I just it's definitely uh, you know the race goes through Flightline, but I think for odds wise, he's just uh, not the horse you want to you want to you know stick your neck out for. So he's got one race going two turns on his form and, you know, against, he ran against really, really bad, or I'd say out of form type horses. I know country grammar was in there, but he, even he, I think, uh, really isn't the top, top notch, uh, older horse. I mean, Taiba is definitely one you have to use. I don't see eight to one. I don't think you'll get eight to one. Maybe you will because his flight line will be so over bet. But I mean, you have to see how Baffert's horses run especially Messier. Messier has been uh, Taiba's work partner for the last uh, three works, I believe, two or three works. So if Messier runs a lights out race, which he probably will, Taiba's a use. Um, I just thought Epicenter would get a little overlooked just because of uh, Lifeline and Taiba and life is good. I think Epicenter will be in the, in the same range as Taiba. I don't see them being much different odds. On Sport of Kings, Taba is five to two. Yeah. So he you know, possibly be no, second choice. Yeah, I, I seriously doubt that he'll be the second choice, but we'll see. I mean, uh, that would shock me. 
and unless Baffert's horses are all running off the screen, then maybe that will be the case. But I mean, Epicenter's been in, been the horse everyone's been gaga about all year long. Um, uh, and I just don't see it. You know, he won the Travers. He, you know, second in the, in the Derby, second in the Preakness. Um, those Triple Crown horses tend to get a lot of money. And you know, Asmussen and Rosario. I, I just don't see how he goes off higher than Taba. I'd be shocked. Maybe he goes off lower even than Life is Good. I don't know. I think they both um, go off lower than Good. I think Life is Good will be fourth choice. Really? Well, yeah, I do. We'll because I don't think he has that chance. <laughs> so I, I don't give him <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's fourth choice on Sport of Kings. So. Yeah. But, you know, Sport of Kings is different because people are playing prices. You know, they're all going to try to – no one's going to pick flight line. You know, they're going to try to beat him with some. The long shots are usually lower than they should be, and the favorites are usually higher than, than they will be at post time. Um, so, um, Duke, since we've got you on here, just real quickly, is there any standout on the Friday card that you're looking at that you'd want to play that, you know, you said you've done some work on that. Anything stand out to you on the, you know, Friday BC races? A couple things uh, that I was interested on Friday. Um, there's the, let's see, going to race, uh, race seven, uh, the juveniles, Two-year-old Phillies going a mile and sixteenth. The Peter Miller horse and Tell Me No Lies has had some. He's he, she's won her races, but she's won her races with bad trips, which is very rare uh, with a two-year-old filly. Um, last time she had a, um, just a, a horrible start and somehow um, managed to win that race. I'm not sure how. I just think horses like that that can overcome. Um, bad trips and still win are, are very, very nice, uh, nice horses. And uh, I think that horse is going to do very well in that, uh, the three horse and tell me no lies, race seven. Um, I'll, uh, so I'll add a note that um, I, I saw the van walk off for and tell me no lies. And I was like, that is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, I liked the way go. she walked off that van. That, that the handicap in the she looked like a winner to me. <laughs> yeah, you got to handicap the van walk off if you're Scott. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his specialty. All right, I never tried that. <laughs> I probably should because I'm. I'm well. It's the missing element in most people's handicapping. Another horse. Anything similar? Yeah. <laughs> another horse with a similar type um, thing. Uh, same scenario uh, in the eighth race, the British Cup turf uh, going, Phillies going, going a mile, but the 10 or no, the 10, the 12 horse midnight mile. If you want to watch a race, a Euro race, watch that race that midnight mile ran. I'm not sure how in the world she won. She had one of the worst trips I've ever seen and still won. Now it was only seven furlongs and she's got to get a mile, but for a horse to get that bad of a trip and still win again, it's the same scenario. I like horses like that. So um, those would probably be the two horses that I'm uh, interested on the on the Friday card. Yeah, I like that one a lot too, and for the same reason. I was telling Paul that I think it was him where I I heard him had this term, 
you know, some races are a scramble, and you know, these 14 horse, two year old, two turn turf races typically are scrambles, and that horse looks like a scrambler based on that race. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but that's about it. I mean, all right. This, uh, there's a horse I was interested in, but I think he's in the wrong race. Uh, the 10th race, the the two-year-old Colts going on turf. I was interested in most dash if he came back in the, in the sprint race. I'm not so sure about in the route race, but, um, price is going to be right. Tough post and, uh, and a very, very competitive field, by the way. I think that race is, is super, super competitive. All right. Great. Well, we've, uh, we actually did those nine races within a reasonable amount of time. I would like to thank our guest, Duke Matisse, Duke. Thanks for sharing your insight with us. All right, Scott, hopefully there's some winners in there. Um, <laughs> you never know on these days. You can be real You can be real hot, you can be real cold. It depends on what's, uh, what's happening. These races are, are tough every year, but it's uh, great to be with you guys. All right, great to have you. <clears throat> that will conclude show number 199 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck in the Breeders' Cup, and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on the floor. Giddy up. <laughs>